0: You are listening to the Super Mom is Getting Tired Podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 49. All links and show notes can be found from going to LifeCoachingforparents.com/slash 49. Welcome to the Super Mom is Getting Tired Podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself. Feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, teacher, and recovering supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, supermoms. It is December. Can you feel it? (laughs) We are surrounded by Christmas music and sugar and uh, hyped up kids. This is go time for Supermoms. This is like the mom Super Bowl this month. <laughs> this in May. These are the craziest months. So I hope you are hanging in there, doing well. If you've got life coaching on your uh, Christmas wish list, make sure you go to lifecoachingforparents.com, schedule a free session so you can tell your husband what to get you. A happy, sane mommy for Christmas. That's what everybody wants, right? All right. Well, today is a very timely question with December here, as I mentioned, kind of surrounded by sugar, because today's episode is asking the question, is my child addicted to sugar? So this question comes from Tina. She writes, I'm struggling with my 14-year-old daughter being so ungrateful and unwilling to help out. I'm thinking I need to stop making nice meals for her since she's not willing to make so much as a piece of toast for herself. She'd rather sit on her phone, and if I let her, she'll go without eating or grab whatever sweet snack she can find. It was important to me to teach my kids how to prepare healthy meals for themselves, and my son will do it on occasion. We give him lunch money because when he buys lunch, it's healthy. My daughter, however, will just buy Rice Krispie Treats and Pirate's Booty or won't eat at all. I'm worried about her addiction to sugar and have thought about her seeing a nutritionist, but with the attitude, I'm thinking family counseling could be useful. Could the sugar addiction be the cause of so much negative behavior? Well, in a word, Tina, yes. So the parent education answer is kind of the, you know, I'm going to give you some just background information. I think it would be helpful to talk about sugar addiction. So many people might minimize it or laugh it off, but it can be a real problem for many people. This isn't just like, oh my God, I'm addicted to peppermint mochas. You know, people use the word very loosely. But what we're really talking about here is a physiological addiction that is caused by the brain and affects the brain. And therefore affects, because it's affecting our brain, is affecting our actions. So I am not a nutritionist or an addiction expert, but my son had an experience with sugar addiction, so I am happy to talk about it in simple terms from a mother's perspective. The way I understand it, sugar releases dopamine in the brain. Dopamine is a feel-good chemical that floods the brain and creates cravings. When the dopamine high from sugar wears off, withdrawal symptoms set in, just like it would if it was an alcohol, drug, anything that people can get addicted to. Okay, It affects the brain very similarly. The brain then requires even more sugar to bring the same good feeling, creating a constant craving for sweet foods. Without the dopamine-inducing substance, sugar addicts feel tired, restless, Anxious or depressed, making the craving even stronger to alleviate the unpleasant feeling. Okay. So it's just this classic cycle of addiction where I need more and more and more in order to then just feel normal because without my drug of choice, I don't feel well. I don't feel normal. And so that's where it turns into kind of like emotional eating. Like you're not going to eat sugar because you're hungry. You're going to eat it because you don't feel well and you need a hit of dopamine. So signs of sugar addiction in kids and teens can be Headaches, lethargy, fatigue, craving sweet and sometimes salty foods, insomnia, hiding sweets, making excuses or deals regarding sugar, avoiding foods without sugar, turning to sugar when feeling a negative emotion. So, like, if if this is kind of like a bargaining chip, right? Like, okay, I'll just eat this much, and and trying to like monitor and limit. if you do this, then I'll do this for me. And like arguing and really trying to convince, going out of your way to get sugar. Like for a teenager, it might be like I'm going to walk to the store that's 20 minutes away, and I, it, you know, just to buy a candy bar that I'm craving. That kind of thing, you know, just like and making it inconvenient for themselves, but still doing it. And then feeling guilty about sugar intake too. so Those can be signs of sugar addiction. And of course, guilt is something that's hard to see in our kids. It might just show up as like a bad attitude or being kind of ungrateful, but sometimes it's guilt and shame. So uh, sometimes they can feel really bad about themselves for not making healthier choices or not wanting to. So could Tina's daughter's negative attitude be a result of sugar addiction? Well, yeah, absolutely it could. But being ungrateful and unwilling to help could also be a normal teenage state of mind. So if you are seeing that she is constantly negative, fatigued, lethargic, fighting with her brother, uh, avoiding emotions, it's like the avoiding of emotions, it's like, if I start to feel something, then that's what makes me want to go eat sugar. If I have a, a bad day, I want sugar. If I have a fight with my brother, I want sugar. If I my mom gets mad at me, I want sugar. So you see what I'm saying? Like that's kind of like avoiding dealing with the emotion itself and seeking sugar instead. But a big sign of sugar addiction is when kids seek out sugar to the exclusion of other foods. If you're seeing this, and it's, you know, like a lot of this is you want to look at, what's the, her, personality like and are these things uh different like if she's always been lethargic and fatigued and that she's just kind of has a slow internal speed and this is you know and she's always been kind of a, a glass half empty type of girl then she hits 14 and this is just a continuation of her personality then that's very different than someone who maybe used to be a lot more lively and energized and positive and now is dropped in that and her personality has changed. So yeah, the biggest one I think is seeking out sugar to the exclusion of other foods, you know, combined with the fatigue and the lethargy and sometimes like dark circles under the eyes too. So yes, the problem might be sugar addiction. And seeking the help of a nutritionist or a naturopath, you know, might be helpful. Um, You can certainly talk to the pediatrician. I didn't have much luck with Western medicine when it came to this kind of thing. I kind of went to alternative medicine. You know, for us, in a way, we were lucky because my son, when he was 12, he had had a brain injury. And he had a QEEG done of his brain. And they looked at the results and they told us that he had the marker for addiction. Before he'd ever gotten addicted to anything, we knew that his brain had this predisposition. It meant like his brain was wired similarly to the brains of people who struggle with addiction. So, we're like, well, this is really good information to know before he goes off to college, right? That he knows that he has the brain of an addict before he even has his first alcoholic drinks or tries drugs or vaping or tobacco or any of that stuff. So in a way, that was really helpful, but it surprised us when his drug of choice turned out to be sugar just, you know, about nine months after that. So it surprised us on what really gave him the dopamine, but we had already kind of prepared ourselves and could spot the signs of addiction, which really were very similar to what you hear about when someone is addicted to drugs or a heavier substance. So what I learned is that some people have a predisposition for addiction, but you don't really know what will trigger it. Whether it's sugar or alcohol, it could be video game addiction, it could be gambling addiction or porn addiction. It's all coming from the same place. It's dopamine. So different brains react differently. It's not a character flaw nor a sign of bad parenting if your child becomes addicted to a substance or something, right? So getting frustrated with your child for not being able to manage her sugar intake is kind of like getting mad at your child for having dyslexia. Like this is just how her brain is wired and it's maybe wired a little differently than other people, but it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with her. It's just that this is something that she's going to have to deal with. Like this is something she's got to figure out and negotiate. I found a quote about addiction by Luke Davies who defines it like this. When you can stop, you don't want to. And when you want to stop, you can't. So if that quote resonates with your daughter, then maybe sugar addiction is something that she is dealing with. In the case of my son, my husband and I sat him down, kind of had a face-to-face, heart-to-heart talk. Once we realized this was an actual serious problem and this addiction was like, it was not normal. It wasn't just a cute little funny thing to joke about. Like It was really causing problems in his life. So we sat him down and we said, we recognize that this is a real problem for you. We love you. We are on your side and we will help you. I remember his dad saying, it's the three of us against the addiction. Once our son was able to experience life without sugar and he noticed how much better he felt, that's what motivated him to manage it and to manage his eating habits and understand the impact that it had on him. Not to say he does it perfectly, but he definitely is aware of it and aware that it's a problem for him and that he's got to stay on top of it. So the life coaching answer, what gets in our way from understanding that our child might have a sugar addiction and taking some steps to help them? Ooh, what gets in our way? I think the biggest thing is it's agonizing for a mom to watch her teen struggle with a problem, any problem. We hate to watch our children suffer We want our kids to change their behavior so that we can feel better and stop worrying so much. We think, if you could just do better, then I could feel better, right? We get so upset watching them struggle and suffer and seeing them have a problem that we cannot solve. Step one, The first step to helping you get out of your own way is to acknowledge your maternal instincts or your intuition. You want to thank your higher self for alerting you to the fact that something isn't right. What happens is our maternal instincts start sounding an alarm bell. It's something's off, something's wrong. You know, I want you to notice, Tina, like go back and read what you wrote and like, Notice how you feel when you talk about your daughter and how you feel when you talk about your son. It's it's always good to compare one kid to the other because neither kid is perfect, right? You know your son is not perfect, but I could feel that your worry and your concern and the energy you have around your son is much calmer than the worry, concern, and energy you have around your daughter. So you want to thank your intuition for sounding the alarm bell and saying, you know, something's off with my daughter. You know, we hear this, and the alarm bell is so annoying. It's so loud and never goes away that we try to shut it off. But we try to shut it off by changing our child's behavior. We think if she could just behave differently, then that would turn off the alarm bell, but this doesn't work. So we try to make peace with an alarm bell that is constantly ringing in our heads. Instead of doing that, we want to thank it. Thank the alarm bell. Thank this intuition for doing its job. Acknowledge that your instincts are picking up on something that needs addressing. Okay? So just because there's alarm bell ringing doesn't tell us we have to like immediately shut it off. We just want to thank it, acknowledge it, and move on to step two, which is We want to accept reality. We want to accept the facts of what's actually happening. So instead of thinking she shouldn't be acting this way, accept that this is exactly how she's supposed to be acting. This is exactly what's supposed to be happening. Allow your teenager to have problems because then we can see it with clear vision. It's like putting on a pair of glasses that will help us see what we're actually dealing with. The reason you haven't been able to solve this problem is because it isn't yours to solve. Your daughter needs to be involved and motivated. If this this is her brain and this is going to be with her the rest of her life. So she needs to experience the problem as hers with you and dad there for support, love, guidance. And so we really need to just accept that this is a problem that she has and that this is you know, maybe how our brain is wired, I don't know. But just find the facts of the situation and deal with them head on. Don't make it mean that like, I haven't done a good job. I didn't teach them how to make, you know, healthy meals. If they had listened to me, they would know better by now. Like all that stuff is just keeping you stuck. You know, I said how like guilt can keep her stuck, guilt can keep you stuck too. So step three is to drop the rope. So right now, you and she are on opposite ends of the rope, playing a game of -of tug-of-war. She wants sweets, you want her to eat healthy. The more you pull in your direction, you need to eat healthy, you don't forget healthy foods, the more she's going to pull in the opposite because she's also a teenager. And so she wants to do her idea, not your idea. And so when you pull back and forth on this game of tug-of-war, nobody's winning, right? <laughs> and so it's really hard, I know it, but it could be so helpful if you could drop the rope and walk around to her side of this tug-of-war game. Let her know that you're here to support her, that her guilt, although invisible, is a big part of the problem. Once she knows that you are on her side, that it's not her fault that she has this predisposition, then she can start releasing the guilt that's keeping her stuck. Think about how you would handle it if you found out she had dyslexia. You wouldn't be mad at her. You wouldn't expect her to fix it on her own. You wouldn't enter into a tug of war over it. You would be on her side of the rope, helping her find resources, outside experts, and maybe even encouraging her to be patient with herself, you know, to really be kind when we can see that it's the brain and not her fault or your fault and nobody's to blame, then it's so much easier to drop the rope and come around her side. So once you thank your intuition, accept this as her problem that might be with her for the rest of her life and get over on her team, then you can move to step four. It's kind of the last step. Uh, The other things really need to come first because it's hard to do this one. (laughs) I have to admit, this is the hardest one, but so helpful. And and maybe having a life coach to help you do it would, would be good. So step four is to hold a higher vision for your child than maybe she's holding for herself. It is so easy for moms to see the behavior a 14-year-old girl is manifesting with being ungrateful and lazy and lethargic and making bad food choices and just catastrophize and futurize. And you picture her like always making bad choices down the line or maybe dealing with other forms of addiction or just having low self-esteem or never really amounting to anything and living under a bridge you know like we can really paint a dismal picture of our teen's future and so when we do that we create this urgency of like oh my god i gotta do something now i've gotta fix this problem now this is an immediate problem and we come at it with so much intensity that it's just going to make your daughter pull harder in the opposite direction get like, just push us away out of her life. Leave me alone. I can't stand to be around you because you're so like freaked out and anxious. <laughs> so parents can help their struggling teen by imagining that their struggle has a purpose. I found it very helpful to believe that my son would use his challenge to help others. And, and even for myself too, I imagine like that there was a reason I was having this like why would I have a sugar addict as a child? I've never had issues with sugar addiction. You know, you can easily kind of go there and question it, like, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with me? What did I do? But it's so much better to say, like, I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this to help other parents. He's going to use it to help other people somehow, some way. I don't need to know. But I do think it's so helpful for us to communicate our positive beliefs about them overcoming this struggle to them. Like instead of saying she shouldn't have a problem and I wish that she didn't have this problem and I want it to go away. Instead, we want to say, yep, she's got a problem and she's going to have to struggle with this and this is going to be with her her whole life. But I believe she's going to use it to help other kids dealing with the same thing to have more compassion for anybody who's struggling or suffers with something, to have compassion for people whose brains don't work the way they want them to do. Maybe just give you a broader understanding of the world and the different kinds of people that live in, in it and the different circumstances of people that have to go through it. Like there's so many things, positive, wonderful things that can come from dealing with a problem like this as a teenager. So let your daughter know that you believe in her ability to do hard things. You believe in her ability to ask for help when she needs it, and you trust her to prioritize her health and happiness. We aren't meant to go through life without problems, but we are meant to grow because of them. Let her know that good things wait for her on the other side, and you are there to support her every step of the way. Today's supermom kryptonite, I call it putting on the cape. Okay, (laughs) supermoms. If you are like many of my clients, you are excellent at putting on the cape. You see your child suffering in some way, And you put on your super mom cape and you fly to the rescue. So this is, I'm definitely a super mom in this category too. And I have a lot of clients who love to come to their child's rescue. We love feeling capable and responsible. And like we can save our children from problems. We can end their suffering right now today. We were made for days like this. But sometimes we don't have the resources necessary to help our kids solve all their problems. Expecting to be able to solve any problem your child ever has will drain your energy. You will know if this is your situation because everything you've tried hasn't worked, okay? It could be that it's your child's problem to solve and all you need to do is drop the rope and join her support team. Or it could be that your child isn't capable of fixing the problem on her own, and neither are you. And it's time to add outside experts to the panel. Just make sure that it's you and your child against the issue. You can add other people. You can add dad to that. You can add sibling to that. You can add doctors to that team. But it's the whole team of you are against the problem. Okay, so rather than you saying, coming in and like, I'm going to swoop in and I'm going to solve this problem for my child so that she doesn't have a problem anymore, that just doesn't work, especially when they're teenagers, because they are supposed to have problems. These are the problems they're supposed to have so that they can grow into the person they're going to be. If we're dealing with an addiction then we're dealing with a brain that's been hijacked. So getting professional help can be life changing. Putting on the cape and trying to do everything for our teens will drive us both crazy and exhaust us. So instead, hang up the cape, step into your daughter's shoes, and try to see things from her perspective. Today's Supermom Power Boost is Do Something Impossible. When my son's naturopath describes the cleanse she wanted him to go on, which was no sugar, no gluten, no dairy, my first thought was, there is no way I could do that. I can't make him do it, and I can't make me do it. But, of course, there's nothing like the health of your child to motivate you to do things you think are impossible, my husband and I did not feel right asking our 12-year-old to do something that we wouldn't do ourselves, right? <laughs> We'd go on this cleanse. So we put ourselves on the cleanse first. No sugar, no gluten, no dairy, no coffee, no alcohol, no fun. But it was Fascinating. I learned so much about my eating habits. Something about the hormonal changes made me weepy and wacky. I didn't miss sugar at all, which totally surprised me, but I missed corn of all things. (laughs) My husband loved how he felt, clear-headed and energized. My favorite thing that came from this experiment was doing something that I never thought I could do. When you have the belief, I could never do that, and then you do it, it makes you wonder, what else am I saying I could never do that I am fully capable of doing? If you want a boost of energy, try a cleanse or bungee jump or take a vacation by yourself or start a blog or do something where you currently think, I could never do that. Do whatever crazy thing strikes your fancy just to prove yourself how capable you truly are. Today's quote of the day, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. This is the serenity prayer from Alcoholics Anonymous, but I always thought it made wonderful sense for parenting because as a mom, you need Number 1, serenity. <laughs> you need to accept the things you cannot change. There are certain things about our children that we cannot change. And we need the courage to change the things that we can because that's like within our own power. And the wisdom to know the difference. Like what are things that I have to accept just as they are and what are things that I where I can grow and places I can change. So I just thought this quote was so perfect for parenting and is so timely for today. Thanks so much for listening. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question. And you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.